0: The, uh, the issue that, that Paul is dealing with here and throughout the letter to the Corinthians is the issue of boasting. They are, they are bragging. They are bragging that, you know, I'm more spiritual than you are. It's, a, it's an issue of one, one-upsmanship. I'm more knowledgeable than you are, I'm more connected than you are. I've been in the church longer than you are, I know more. Um, it, it, it's this matter of bragging to elevate ourselves. Um, Christians do brag on occasion. Um, I, for one, like to brag about my humility. I am very proud of my humbleness. Churches tend to brag. Uh, we will talk to our neighbors. We will talk to our friends and relatives. We will talk to visitors about, about the good stuff that we, uh, that we do. We might talk about you know, how wonderful the ministers are. We might talk about the music program, the organ. We might talk again about how the ministers are so great. Um, we will talk about the youth program, the, uh, the, the stained glass windows, the architecture, the, uh, the mission programs, the outreach programs. Uh, we will talk about the, uh, the, the children's and the children's ministry. We will brag about our attendance. We might brag about the important people who come to our church what this comparison does is often put us in competition it it puts us into a a place where we start to think we are better than other churches it might make churches feel inferior and ashamed of of what they're doing you know well, your, your music program isn't nearly as good as ours. Your outreach isn't nearly as good as ours. What Paul is saying to the church at Corinth is Christianity is not about that. It's not about the attendance. It's not about the, the, the ministries and so on. What it's about is about Christ crucified, it's about the cross. Paul says that's what we proclaim, is the cross. Now, I find that it's very rare that a church in its publicity, in its brochures, will talk about the cross. They will talk about things that I've already mentioned. We tend to think it's just as good to leave the cross out of it. It's just as good to leave the crucifixion out of it. You know, it's, it's good to sanitize the cross. Paul says that people regard the cross as foolishness. You know, we don't want to hear sermons so much on the cross. Good Friday, as we know, is one of the, and maybe is the least Attended services in the Christian year. We'd like to say let's let's just skip that, and go to the teachings, and go to some of the miracles of, of of inclusion. And of mission. You know, Kazantzakis wrote the book, Last Temptation of Christ, which is one of my favorite novels about Christ because it focuses on Christ's humanity. It's a Christ I can identify with. When the book was made into a movie it caused quite a bit of of uh, controversy in the early 90's. Christ is on the cross and has a dream and he he is saved from the cross and he gets off the cross and marries Mary Magdalene and they have, a children. they have children and a family and he becomes a carpenter in Bethlehem and people were very offended by that ending and it wasn't so much that the cross was left out of it, people really didn't complain about leaving the cross out of it what they complained about was that, that Jesus got married and had intercourse and had children that was what was offensive It was a couple centuries before the early church depicted the crucifixion in its art. Yeah, they did have pictures of the Last Supper. They had pictures of the baptism of Jesus. (coughs) They had pictures of the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. But not the crucifixion, not until the 200s. Crucifixion was a way of shaming people. It was a way of saying you hang naked on the cross. It was a way of saying, you're unloved, you're unwanted, you had, have and had no right to be here. You are just being wiped off the face of the earth, as is memory of you. <coughs> crucifixion was intended to shame people. And so to depict the crucifixion for our Lord was a shameful thing. So we just kind of bypassed it. I have problems with some talk of the cross and some talk of the crucifixion. One is to talk about God requiring the crucifixion of Christ makes God look like a sadist. What parent would order the horrible crucifixion and death of their child. I don't know any parent that would do that. But we talk kind of glibly about, oh, God required it. I have problems with God requiring the death of God's child. Second problem I have with the cross is is the notion that if Christ sacrificed, I have to also. And the greater Christ's sacrifice, the greater my sacrifice has to be. (laughs) I've often thought that Christianity would be different if Christ died in bed. You know, that way we could just go basically onto the resurrection. And if you died in bed, we don't have to think too much about sacrificing on our part. The third problem I have with the cross is that it provokes guilt and shame. It's one of those things. Look at how much Christ suffered. Now, don't you feel bad about making him suffer like this and you're not caring? Aren't you aware of how much he went through for you? Now, don't you feel ashamed of it? The church I grew up in, the communion liturgy, focused a lot on how unworthy we were to pick up the crumbs under Christ's table. We just didn't deserve it look at what Christ did and look how poorly you're following. (laughs) One Sunday, my sister leaned over to me and said, do you feel that bad about yourself? And I said, no, I don't. And she said, neither do I. And we really started to have problems with a church that made us feel so guilty. The irony... In this, is that the point of the cross is to take away our guilt and shame? The point of the cross is to say Christ chose to go to the cross, chose this shame to identify with us, to be in solidarity with us. Christ is saying, You suffer, I suffer. I suffer because you suffer. You feel unloved, I feel unloved. We've all felt unloved and unwanted at some time. And that Christ chose to go to the cross says that Christ chooses. To be with us. This is good news that somebody wants to be with us. How often in our life does it make a difference when we're going through something that's humiliating, that's shameful, that somebody says, I'll be with you, I'll go through it with you? That's the cross. We are loved, we are wanted. And it's not just me. All are loved. And all are wanted. The cross makes me feel loved. Not shameful. There's an importance for the cross. And there's an importance to proclaim Christ crucified. It removes us from this competition to be better it removes us from this superiority and inferiority we feel when we get into that game of i'm better than you are of one-upsmanship the cross is important in these troubled Times. This is the sermon that's based in the part of the prayer that's in your bulletin. It's, It's the sermon based on we turn to thee, O God, and our crucified Lord. In his strength and humility, we are healed and freed. The cross is important in these times of stress, in these times of anxiety, in these times of feeling lost and not knowing where to turn, these times when we cannot define ourselves as we used to define ourselves. The cross says, you feel stress, I have felt stress. You feel forsaken, I have felt forsaken. You felt lost, I feel lost. You feel like your life's a mess, I have felt that mess. The cross offers us that solidarity that we are in it with Christ and Christ is in it with us. This identification with Christ this feeling this solidarity with Christ in his suffering is what makes our lives feel real. I've heard more than one person say to me that at this time of stress, at this time of anxiety things don't feel real. Time doesn't feel real. Was that six months ago or was it last month? Was it last week? I think what the cross does is make what we're experiencing feel real. And I thought of the velveteen rabbit and the discussion between the skin horse and the rabbit about what is real. Real isn't how you are made, said the skin horse. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. Does it hurt? asked the rabbit. Sometimes, said the skin horse. When you are real, you don't mind being hurt, though. Does it happen all at once, like being wound up or bit by bit? It doesn't happen all at once, said the skin horse. You become. It takes a long time. That's why it doesn't happen, often happen to people who break easily or have sharp edges or who have to be carefully kept. Generally, by the time you are real, most of your hair has been loved off and your eyes drop out and you get loose in the joints and very shabby. But those things don't matter at all. Because once you are real, you can't be ugly except to people who don't understand. The love of Christ in the cross and his identification with us in our suffering and in our anxiety makes us feel real. I encourage you to listen to the children's story today uh, that Gwen tells. It's a story of when she went crying to her mother and her mother comforted her. It's a familiar story to us that most of us could tell either as children or as parents. The child falls down and skins his knee and goes running, crying to his mother. The mother picks up the child, kisses his boo-boo, holds him in her lap, and all is well. Was it the kiss that made it better? It was the 10 minutes in her lap. Just sit in the lap of love and see your mother crying. Mom, why are you crying? Because you hurt, I hurt. That does more than anything. Just sitting in her lap. What is the cross? it is to sit for a few minutes in the lap of God. Who hurts because you hurt? We need to remember the cross in these times. For we remember then Christ's love and Christ wanting us. Most of all, we need to turn to Thee, O God, and our crucified Lord, for only His humility and strength can heal and free us. May it be so.